Welcome to Wellbeing. Don't let them tell you you need to change. Just because you feel a little strange. Hello, I'm Theo. I'm a director, an editor, and a, a, a creative, an artist. There we go. Uh, my name is Andy. I'm a writer, director, producer, and lately been pretty inspired to do some writing, which we'll get into later. Ooh, I'm interested. Ooh, that's a that's a nice tee up. Uh, not joining us this week is uh, Jash. He's taking a little bit of a mental health break, you know, as 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 we're one to do. But joining us is a forensic oh my god i knew i was gonna fuck it up and i'm already fucking it up behavioral forensic behavioral health forensic expert danny <laughs> hey everybody see i told you i was gonna fuck it up and i already did i was just like uh-huh words are about to happen that's okay if behavioral health clinician works better or whatever I hesitate to call myself an expert, but I love the confidence. I love the confidence. <laughs> you got to have that confidence. You always got to bring it in. See, because now for, for, from here on out, now you are recorded as an expert. So <laughs> you can forever use that. Yeah. And with this crowd, uh, you're the most expert that there is. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you are an expert. Yeah, I'm okay. really an arm. What is it? The armchair therapist? Yeah. Is that what they're called? Yeah. Armchair therapist. Oh, yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. I'm just here for the ride. <laughs> wow. Um, so, uh, let's see, Danny. Uh, I think we're going to go into our sparks of inspiration, and then people will get to know you through that. And then people will get to know you through our mental health segment. Sure. Sounds great. Hell yeah. Yeah. This is going to be a dope one. All right. Let's get into our sparks of inspiration for the week. Who's going to hit us first? Should we let guests go first? Or do you want to? Um, no, I'll go first since I already teased a little bit. Oh, uh, my spark. Um, so I guess my, my spark is uh, last weekend. I did hang out with Josh in person. Uh, me and my wife went to uh, Phoenix to hang out with them. And um, we went to go see uh, the Haunted Mansion. Oh, you guys Which, saw that? Yeah. It's just for like it's getting killed in the box office numbers and stuff, but it's actually really funny. And it's really good. It's has a lot of heart to it and pretty great story. And a pretty well all around cast supporting it. Um I just hope it maybe does streams better when it gets to Disney Plus that they don't uh cancel it or not do a two or anything like that. Yeah, Haunted Mansion inspired me. So uh after we hung out with them I uh, went back to a hotel, and then my wife passed out because it was already like 1 a.m. <laughs> uh, I had a lot of thoughts writing in my head, so I opened up my book that I brought with me, my journal, and I started just writing a story and outlining uh, this, the bones of the story, and then two or three of the characters that are going to be in the story. So I've just been kind of just starting to do that. That's awesome. So dude. now there's actually stuff written in my journal, and then just stickers to help me get inspired. So, yeah, Honda Mansion helped me the, uh, last week to be inspired to uh, write. What um, since I've been in a weird funk on writing and can't think of anything right now, and something came to me, so I just started writing. I think I spent like two hours to like three, three thirty in the morning. Wow! I like, just passed out, and I was like, okay, I'm too tired now. <laughs> That's fucking so. great. That's really good. That's the kick in the pants that you need it. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I was like, this has been killed in the box office. It's ridiculous. It's really good. So I'm, ho- I'm hoping it gets. We got Barbenheimer. So yeah, kind of. Yeah, I felt like it could have been held until like probably Halloween or another time after Barbenheimer. But it's just in a weird phenomenon of. I don't know why they movies. did it as a summer movie. The cast, maybe. I don't know. It's really weird. It's, I feel like they could have done it definitely. Like when there's nothing else coming out around that time until everyone saves their big movies for Christmas. A late September, early October movie would have yeah. been perfect for it. The after Thanksgiving, like that box office time. Mm. 
But I don't think people expected Barbenheimer to be so big. They should have. I think the memes world took it over and uh, <laughs> made it huge monster. The marketing team couldn't have paid for more money for that. They're so happy. They just woke up and like, oh, other people did our jobs for us. Like, well perfect. done. Bonuses yep, yep, yep. all around. We'll take it. Uh, Danny, you or I? Um, I'll go if you don't mind. Go for it. Take it over. Okay. So I've been thinking about this for the past couple of days, and I think my spark of inspiration is actually this book I'm reading. Um, it's by the CEO of Build-A-Bear Workshop. And okay. it's called it's called Stories and Heart. Use and it's basically like the power of personal stories in developing the life that you want to live. And um, I'm a few chapters in, and so each chapter follows a format of she tells an anecdote and then gives you a question to think about and an exercise to do, and then builds upon that exercise. Um, and okay. basically, like, the first exercise is building the tree of your life, like your values, what you want to have happen in your life, like your goals and stuff like that. And then it goes on to build from that tree into future exercises, talking about core values, talking about goal building. And I didn't think I would pick up a book at Build-A-Bear Workshop. Because <laughs> I, I went there. Yeah, I went there just for getting a gift card for my kiddo because his birthday is coming up. And... Aww. I saw it at the register and I'm such a sucker for those impulse buys at the register that they know you're going to pick up on. And I'm actually, I'm surprised I'm enjoying it so much. I think I actually want to use the book with patience if we're allowed to do book club, which I think Ooh. I'm allowed to do book club, but I'm not sure. You got to just, you got to figure that out. You, you know what? Either way, you're just going to like break down the door and be like, we're doing book club. I think that's what's going to happen, actually. Yeah, that's what's got to happen. That's cool. I did not know that the CEO of um, Build-A-Bear Build -Bear would do that. Yeah. yeah. It just seems something not to think of when you will go to Build-A-Bear. Get a book like that and then it mean more than it's like, oh, like a little fluff piece of how she became the, the CEO or just created it or whatever she did. It's more of a thought interactive book. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. I'm looking forward to finishing it. I'm in between classes, so I actually have time to read, which is really nice. That's great. That That's even better. That's like the perfect time. You're just like, you know what? I can just enjoy a book and not be forced to read a book. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's always the thing I suffer with in school is being forced to read books. I'm like, I'll read this book if I want to read it, not because I have to read it. Yeah, Spark Notes were very helpful for me on reading books. Yes. <laughs> Cliff Notes. I was like, I got the gist of it now. All right. My Spark for the week was I kind of just saw a bunch of art out and about. And um, I was doing this shoot this past weekend or this past week, I should say, because I just wrapped today. So <laughs> but it was it was cool through it. I got to experience a lot of really cool shit. Um, we were at this house that had a, a bunch of originals of I, I know the artists and stuff like that. They're really famous. They're, they're more modern contemporary artists and, and stuff. But their whole house was just filled with, you know, one of a kind. And um, yeah, I can't say who the person is. And I, and I don't know any of the names of them, but there's this one I can go into. It says sunset and it's, you know, big letters on a wall uh, and they're all craggly and there's just so much texture and detail to it. it just has that in their home. And I'm like, that's fucking dope. I want to have like pieces of art in my house and shit like that or, or a room or whatever dedicated to that shit. But it, 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 it's just like made me want to go bigger or I don't know. I want to do something with sculpture. I don't know. That's where it kind of led me to. Yeah. So art, art's the big winner. Yeah. That's pretty cool for that. That's you do like air dry clay to 
messed uh, with or I got monster clay. I got a shit ton of monster clay that I, I did I did a really big piece that I have to I have to post because it's been transported I don't know how many times and it I never gotta finish it. It's it's how big is it? It's I wanna say twelve to thirteen inches tall. So a foot a like a over. foot, little over a foot. And it's huge. Um, but I've I've only posted like kind of teases of it because I'm like one day I'll finish this. I don't think I'm ever gonna finish it, especially with how how much repair I have to do to it. To start over. Yeah, I should. Start well, over. I'm I'm gonna melt them down after after I take pictures and just be like, all right, I need more monster clay because it's it monster clay is if you don't know what it is, it's just really cool sculpting clay that you can you know melt down pour over you can change it i don't know you can do so much with it um check it out if you're a sculptor it's fun stuff let's take these 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 sparks of inspiration let's talk some mental health Mo- mostly let's let's talk some mental health with danny <laughs> all right sounds good yeah so so what got you going into this into the realm of of mental health Well, I've always been really interested in psychology. My first psychology class was in high school. Um, But oddly enough, I didn't. My undergrad is not in psychology or anything. I actually worked for a public library system for almost 10 years. Um, Okay. And when my career came to an end there, I really loved the helping people aspect of it and the social services aspect. So. a local residential facility for patients with developmental disabilities and co-occurring mental health problems was hiring. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll give it a shot. Maybe they'll let me in. And they let me in. I worked there for a year before moving into adolescent psychology and working in the foster care system. Um, And then from there, I transferred to a children's psychiatric hospital, which was pretty great. I really enjoy working with kiddos and catching mental health issues early on in life um, and hopefully getting it all straightened out before it becomes a problem. Um, But now I work with adults who are needing competency restoration, which is For those who don't know, competency restoration is the idea that there has allegedly been a crime committed, but the person who committed the crime does not understand what they what they did based on mental health concerns. So someone in the judicial system has said, hey, I think that we shouldn't go forward and you should receive mental health treatment instead. Okay. And so that's that's where I come in. I provide classes on like symptom management, relaxation and coping skills, effective communication, all that fun stuff, Um, along with courtroom knowledge. So I actually know a lot more about the court process than I used to, which is kind (laughs) of fun, (laughs) which is kind of fun to be able to point out um, inconsistencies in legal dramas and stuff. Um, But yeah, I've always had an interest in mental health and then just getting my master's degree in it kind of further cemented my path in this field because it granted me a promotion. Um, So I'm actually a therapist now instead of just a bachelor's level clinician, which Mm -hmm. isn't really a therapist. They're kind of like in between. Um, And now I'm working on my doctorate. So there's that. That's that's cool. Okay, so you don't that's right, because you don't need a doctorate to be a therapist, correct? Is it a certification? What is that? So typically it's a graduate level degree. Um, A lot of therapists are master's level clinicians, meaning they've gone an extra two to three years of training. Um, And then there's certifications that you can get beyond that to get specialized knowledge in certain areas of therapy. Um, But usually someone has like credentials assigned to them, like, here in Washington, we have licensed mental health counselors like LMHCs and licensed marriage and family therapists, but they're all master's level. Um, at the doctoral level, you're still a therapist, but usually they call you a psychologist. 
And that's more for prescribing doc, like, you know, uh, when you want to get into the prescription field, right? Not necessarily. Some states allow psychologists to prescribe, but it's usually a psychiatrist, which is someone who went to medical school and then specialized in psychology or psychiatry. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's always those two that I always, I always, and will forever mix up psychologists and psychiatrists. Every time, every time I think I have it, I don't, I don't. It's okay. I mix, I mix them up too. And I work in the field. So it's, it's an issue. It's a branding issue. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Cause you know, one sounds more like it would be for therapy and the other one sounds more like it would be for, for no prescriptions. Prescriptions. Shut up. That's <laughs> why so I'm, so I'm here. I told you I'm here for the ride. <laughs> Um, yeah. Uh, so where do you specialize in then? Like where, where do you come in into, um, a patient's life? So I work with a group of clinicians who provide group therapy for patients based on what their needs are. So, um, for example, right now I currently provide groups for patients who are, um, what is the word? I just totally lost the word I had. Um, civilly committed, meaning that they okay. are, um, the easiest way to explain it is they are either a danger to themselves, danger to others, or gravely disabled. And so basically, they the judicial system has decided that they were not restorable to competency and need extra mental health treatment in order to be either not a danger to self, others, or gravely disabled. So I teach essentially life skills, kind of. So it, you're essentially, you're trying to give people, to put it in, because the way I love to describe mental health is there's a sort of physicalization, you know, w- with the human body, we know all about it. You, you know, people have cut people open and blah, 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 and done that. And we know how stuff breaks in a body and we know how to mend it and all that stuff. With a mind, we're not quite there yet. Um, but what you're doing is you're giving people sort of crutches to to be able to kind of manage or even, you know, a, a wheelchair, so to speak, to get them through life. Yeah. I like that. That's an interesting way of putting it. Um, especially with my coping skills class, that's really where that metaphor would work. Um, yeah, one of my favorite classes is coping skills. So I love I love teaching coping skills all day, every day. That's that's awesome. What are your some some of your like? What are you trying to like the best coping skill? Like the yeah, top how do you coping yeah. advices you would give? Yeah, like your favorite one to go into or just that's like your go to. This is for sure the one that will help people the most. Oh, okay. So, um, my favorite coping skill to teach is actually a skill from DBT. It's an acronym. It's called Stop S T O P. Um, and it's basically for slowing yourself down when you feel yourself getting like overly agitated or when you want to immediately respond to something and an immediate response may not be the best idea. So the acronym is S for stop. Like literally you're going to put everything on pause. You're going to stop. You're going to take a step back for T And that can be a literal step back or it can be a figurative step back and just like remove yourself from the situation. And then O is observe. So you're going to take that situation that you removed yourself from and you're going to observe like um, like you're coming at it from above, like an outsider. And you're going to take stock of what's going on. And then once you've done that, you can hit P, which is proceed mindfully. So you're going to take all of what you learned into account and you're going to proceed in a way that you might not have had you not given yourself that brain break. That's that's really that. Yeah, because, you know, that's what I always tell people is like, you know, if you find yourself impulsively doing something, you know, just remember, just take five seconds and just reevaluate. Mm-hmm. So that's that. it's For awesome sure. that there's an actual like, hey, stop. 
just check this out. Just remember your STOPs. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I use that, for especially people will text right away for stuff, and that whole opens a whole another can of worms. People need to stop before they text, or if they tweet, or X now, whatever it is. Yeah, before they X. Yeah, you'll <laughs> get in trouble for not thinking before they post. For sure. Let's What's see. your number two? My number two is another acronym. It's HALT. And um, so this is kind of like a check-in with yourself when you're feeling kind of crappy. You're going to first check and see, like, am I hungry? Like, have I eaten recently? Am I eating healthy or at least as healthy as I can, given my circumstances? Um, then if that's all good, you go to the next stage, which is angry. Am I angry about something? Am I upset? Am I feeling some other heightened emotion? Um, and if that's all good, you move into, well, am I lonely? Have I, have I spoken with friends recently? Have I hung out with family? Whatever that means for you being like getting yourself connected with your social supports. And then the last one T is just. Am I tired? Have I slept recently? Am I sleeping well? What is my sleep hygiene like? And just checking in with yourself and like one or more of those things could be wrong. It could be a combination of all four. Um, so that's my that's my number two. That's my I teach patients that because that's one of the few things that they're able to check in with themselves at when they're at the hospital because like their resources are limited. So giving them the halt skill is kind of a way for them to be able to check in with themselves while they're with us. And then, then that just goes into life because sometimes you get so caught up in a frenzy and like I know with bipolar uh, for myself, when I'm in my manic state, sometimes it, it's like go, 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 emotion, emotion, emotion. And sometimes, you know, it, it is, you know, important just to kind of like take that moment, check in with yourself and just go like, yeah, halt. <laughs> um, all right. And your third. Here we go. Ooh, my third. Okay. So this one's a little bit of a longer one. It's another DBT acronym. DBT really loves acronyms. <laughs> And for those who don't know, I'm using the acronym DBT. It's Dialectical Behavioral Therapy. It's one of the more widely prominent therapies for things like borderline personality disorder, suicidality. Um, and honestly, I think more than those, like, I think everybody can benefit from DBT. So that's why I love it so much. Um, mm -hmm. But this one is a distress tolerance skill called ACCEPTS. And it's another acronym. So it stands for activities, contributing, like contributing to society, doing acts of service, comparisons, yeah. which is where you take other situations that you've been distressed in and you've survived that. So you'll so you're able to survive this one too. Um, emotions. How can you evoke the opposite emotion of what you're feeling? So if you're feeling sad, how can you make yourself feel whatever the opposite of sad is for you? Um, push away using healthy distraction if things seem like they're too much to handle. Thoughts. Focus on reframing negative thoughts into positive ones. And then S is sensations. Using one or more of your five senses, how can you soothe yourself? Like... Um, there's that grounding technique, five, four, three, two, one, where you guys use, have you guys ever used that one before where you take your senses? It's like five things you can yeah. see, four things you can hear, three things you can smell, two things that you can touch. And like one thing that you taste or however, however people do it, it goes around in various various ways yeah but, that's... but that, that that one's phenomenal um you know if no one if you don't know that one that one's really great for panic attacks you know um i always love recommending that one for panic attacks yeah it's a really good grounding exercise for sure okay so now so these are great because these are now how would you utilize these or, you know, help people to, like, utilize these from, from their day, like, in their day-to-day. -day. Like, for someone who just doesn't think about these sort of stuff. 
Ooh, good question. I'm still working on that myself because these are the reason these are my favorite coping skills is because they're ones that I use. <laughs> um, and it's it's difficult to carve out time in order to practice these, but for me, especially the accept skill, um, taking it in chunks. You don't have to do the whole acronym in a day. If it's just you take A for activities, which is do something you enjoy. Okay, cool. You did a coping skill today. You did something that you enjoyed. If you use healthy distraction, that's a coping skill too. It can become mind... I don't want to say mindless, but it can be... Become second nature. Yeah, exactly. Like muscle memory. I always tell my patients to practice their coping skills when they're not in crisis. So that when they're in crisis, it becomes like muscle memory and your brain knows exactly what to do. Because I could tell you right now that if I were in an actual panic attack, I'm not sure I would remember the whole five, four, three, two, one. Yeah. What do I five? What do I five? Start freaking out even more like, OK, do I five taste? How do I taste five things? Exactly. And so even if you can just do one even if you can just do a tiny bit of something, practice it when you're not in crisis is what I recommend. That's yeah. So that's, that's great. That, that gives people like three, three helpful food for thoughts for y'all out there. Pick one, try it out, test it out. <laughs> I think stop is great. Like, what would you say? Like, okay, stop is great for people who, who may suffer like aggression, aggression issues. Mm -hmm. Halt is great for people who, I don't know, who would you say halt and acceptance are? Or, or, or sorry. Oh, my God. Uh, stop and halt. Stop. No, I already said stop. I said halt. Um, and I already forgot the first one, which is the longer one. Accepts. Accept. It was accept. accept yeah. I was. I kept wanting to say accept, <laughs> but I was just like, it's not accept. It's totally not accept. Okay, so accept and, and, and halt. Who would you say those two are good for? So halt is for someone who may, well, let me see. How do I want to phrase this? I think I'll just say it. In my mind, halt is for someone who may not have the best sense of being in their body. They may not be as connected to themselves as they want to be, whether that's due to trauma or burnout or just day-to-day -day life disconnecting you from yourself. That check-in reminds you to be a little introspective and figure out what's going on in yourself before you decide. Because it's, it's not just an acronym to check in with yourself. It's also a um, check-in when you're in crisis before you say, oh, it's a bad day. I'm having a bad life. Everything sucks. It's a let's figure out why everything sucks so that we can make it better. Um, that's beautiful yeah i gotta start i gotta start using halt halt would be great for me because like i said uh, uh manic states and then even like the depressive states like that that kind of going to that like you know you just that feedback loop of like today sucks tomorrow's gonna suck every day is gonna suck and then and then your mind kind of carries on from that where you, so you go like all right let's halt let's halt for a bit mm-hmm and, and let's let's just check in and then let's just make sure that we can address that. Yeah, it's putting um, it's putting a name to something that may not have a name. And I think that's really helpful, even for someone who's not in crisis. Like if you're just figuring out what's going on, it, it's giving a name to the enemy, if you will. And once you once the enemy has a name, you can fight them. Whether that enemy is hunger or tiredness or loneliness or your mood or whatever, having a name for it gives it gives it a little less power in my mind. That's dope. All right. Now, accept. Who we give an accept to? Okay. So accept is a distress tolerance skill and... Oh man, I could give I could give accepts to so many people. <laughs> I'm thinking I'm thinking of specific, I'm thinking of specific people, and I'm trying to like generalize them for the podcast. And I think 
accepts is good for people who are going through heightened emotions, particularly maybe um, a anxiety, depression kind of mix maybe, or if they're Mm -hmm. experiencing a higher, if you're experiencing a higher level of stress, um, since like, of course, because this is a distress tolerance skill, it's supposed to help you manage your distress tolerance. (laughs) Um, Those would be the people I would recommend it for, Um, especially just taking the letters one by one and like just chunking it by letter instead of thinking that you have to do the whole acronym. The whole acronym may not apply to the situation. If if you're just there's definitely a letter in there that's like, I'm ready for you. Yes, absolutely. Um, I have to ask because you deal with such a, a niche group. Is it, is your job dangerous or do you ever feel at, at danger? Um, that's an interesting question because I don't think I've ever felt in danger there have been times where my situational awareness has to be higher than others for sure. Um, because I am working with people who have allegedly committed some violent crimes and, um, there is the potential for getting hurt. I have had many colleagues go out on LNI because they have been attacked by a patient, but it's not an everyday thing. Like people in the media Mm -hmm. like to make it out to be. Um, it's not, it's not one flew over the cuckoo's nest in my job. (laughs) Um, it's, it's actually my team specifically is a really strong team. We have each other's backs and we know what works for us and our patients. And we're able to, we're able to work together with our patients. It's kind of a, a co-working relationship rather than just like this hierarchy of like, me being higher than the patient. Um, it's a collaborative effort and it's pretty cool. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, have you noticed a difference since the pandemic, like a influx of new patients on your end or anything like that since, um, the world was shut off for like some time. And, um, I know things didn't stop, but still people were indoors and, there wasn't a lot of stuff you could do out around. I think it became more aware. I became more aware of mental health around after the pandemic for the issues I was dealing with that I wasn't really aware of during the time because I was in my own literal bubble mm-hmm. and um, I couldn't go or do it really anything. Even though I lived with my wife and roommates, I still felt alone from things because everyone else were able to go to work because they were all essential workers except for me because I'm in the entertainment world. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so I don't know if there's, if you noticed anything different since the pandemic and on, on your end, not Um, just with your patients, on mental health alone, just what you have seen or witnessed or been reading about. So I feel like there, so I haven't necessarily noticed anything at my hospital really, like administrative processes have changed and the way we admit patients have changed a little bit. Um, but what I've noticed is that there's like this influx of people learning about mental health for the first time. And I think that's a really beautiful thing to me. Um, just because being living with a mental illness myself, I've been like acutely self-aware of mental health for my entire life. Um, whether it was first like knowing something was wrong and then getting to be able to put a name to it. And now all these other people are getting to put a name to what they've been feeling. And I think that's really great. The um, knowledge that people are getting, I'm hoping it's like good and accurate and correct. Um, I have noticed a lot of my friends wanting to talk more about mental health, which is really great. 
um and then podcasts like your guys's like i'm so excited for you guys like this show is so cool talking about mental health and creativity um that's actually one of the focuses of my research in my doctorate is art therapy and bipolar disorder so the fact that there's a podcast talking about mental health and creativity makes me so happy um (laughs) what a crossover yeah yeah right (laughs) I mean, you lucked out with one of our hosts being bipolar, too, so that works out. Uh, you mentioned you have a mental um, illness. Uh, is that something that you, you'd you like to openly talk about, or is that something you kind of keep for yourself? Um, it's weird. I'm a lot more open about it now than I used to be. Um, so I live with bipolar type 1. And it's been a long, like, I was first diagnosed in 2019, um, back as type 2 before the diagnostic criteria changed, or sorry, not 2019, 2009, good lord. It's been a while. Okay, even Um, longer ago, yeah. Yeah, even longer ago. Um, But in 2013, the diagnostic criteria changed, so my diagnosis updated itself in 2019 when I had a um, manic episode, and that is something I'm still processing, so I'm not necessarily completely open about that specific episode, Yeah. but I do find myself talking about mental health and um, mental illness, specifically with regards to, like, psychosis. And what it's like to live with that um, and having had experienced that in my life. Um, it's just, it's something I find interesting. Um, I've only ever had the one episode, so I can't say if it's like a recurring thing or not. Um, but yeah, it's my, my own journey with mental health is really interesting because I don't get many opportunities to talk about it unless it's with friends. Um, Mm -hmm. Because as a therapist, I can't really self-disclose. It's not like therapy is not the space for your therapist to come and self-disclose about their own mental illness. That's not really like professional. So So it's interesting. I go to work every day and I experience patients who have similar or same diagnoses to me. And then I go home and I process, like, basically, there are some days where I may be teaching group to my patients, but I'm actually teaching group to myself. Um, yeah. Wow. That's, that's interesting. Do you have your own therapist? Like, is there a therapist therapist? Yeah. There's so, <laughs> so yeah, there's a... Um, there, I made an appointment with one, but it's not until September 7th. Ouch. Yeah, and I made this appointment back in July. Double ouch. <laughs> so, yeah, I think a long time to get appointments. I'm, I've also been discovering. It's pretty ridiculous how they're trying not, like, we're, they're trying to talk about it, but they're like, well, you still have got to wait. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm just really lucky that it's not like I was able to find a therapist that was only a couple months out. If you call yeah. a lot of therapists in my area, they're like 12 to 18 months out. And that's even with a referral. Usually a referral will get you in fairly fast because it's like you've been seen and they've just like they've determined that you really need the help. Um, but my area is just hit really hard with a therapist shortage. And I feel like that's going on around the country too, because you guys aren't the only ones that I've heard of who have said that they've had wait times for therapists. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's, you know, in part due to the, the, the pandemic, I think everyone kind of was just like, oh, mental health, that actually is a real thing. Mental illness is a real thing. All, all, all this is what? And then now we're finding that we do need therapy. We, there is shit that we need to unpack now. Um, and I, I think a lot of people are trying to unpack, which is great. Uh, but also not great for, for those who need to be seen. <laughs> well, it does take a while, too, for a therapist. So I'm sure... 
like in 10, 15, 20 years, I'm sure there'll now be a surplus of therapists around. Cause I think now there wasn't, people weren't like seeing the need for it. Cause a lot of people just like, I'll just internalize it. I get some drinks with some friends, talk about it. And that's my therapy over a, over like a 12 pack. But yeah, I, I, and think, I think a lot of health insurance companies too are also finally opening up the gates to to mental health as well. I mean, we had Reagan tear it down completely to where you know that's why we have such a stigma against mental health, or there that public stigma is there um, against it. I don't know. That's me being um, political. That was my only political. <laughs> fuck, fuck Reagan. Fuck Reagan. And, and look up. Dude, look, he's look a up what he did. Actor. Look what he did to the the mental health system, healthcare system. Like if if you're still like on Reagan's side, nah, fuck that shit, man. He's like mental institutions, close them down. Fucking let's send the mental, let's send the mentally ill to the streets. Yeah, because that solves a lot of shit. Oh, anyway. no, I totally agree. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> um, Rant brought to you by Reaganomics. Yeah, hell yeah, right? Uh, so, Danny, uh, I guess, okay, last question. Are there any stigmas that, that you feel are either still there or that need to be talked about or, or, or kind of destroyed? Yeah. Have a light shine on the spotlight. Yeah still is plenty of stigma against mental illnesses. Um, I think one of the biggest ones that I see is the way um, cluster B personality disorders are treated. So cluster B is going to be like your borderline personality disorder, your narcissistic personality disorder. Um, There's a couple more that I can't remember because those, those are the two that I see. Um, in my line of work and it's just the stigma against those patients is still there and it upsets me when people speak like negatively instead of coming at like a strengths-based um way of speaking about somebody just in general i prefer to be strengths-based because we all have our strengths and it sucks to be like compared like it it sucks to be boiled down to our weaknesses um yeah so there's that and then also the way that schizophrenia and psychosis and other psychosis spectrum disorders are portrayed in the media i still find a lot of inaccuracies um even in recent media that kind of make me just Oh, I'm I'm horrible to watch movies with if I know that there's going to be a mental health theme. <laughs> um, it's it's was, a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Wait, my wife hates watching any type of movie or show with me because I'm such in the industry and vid- movies and stuff. So I understand about being t- t- difficult to watch movies around. Yeah, I'm just always pointing out stuff and I can spot an ending from a mile away sometimes and I'm horrible at that. I'm also horrible at keeping my mouth shut. So if I know someone is enjoying it, I'll just be like, hey, random fact. And then I'll tell them a random fact that usually ruins their experience. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so not going to the movies with you, but we can definitely talk movies after them. You can just sit a row or two behind. Okay. Or in yeah. front. No, Danny yeah, will find right. <laughs> Start doing just, like light signals. Just walk up signals. and walk to you, then yeah. go back to her seat. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you should know this fact. All right, I'm I'm going. And then she takes a handful of popcorn just because. All right. So th- thank you for all of that. That was dope. Um, yeah. Yeah. We're going to talk some world building now. Okay. So let's let's get into that. World building. What's that, Theo? Oh, yes. World building um, is where we take every week we go on an adventure of the mind as we try to force ourselves to be a little bit more creative uh, in our lives. Um, I know the three of us, um, if Jash was here, and I don't know about you, Danny, I don't know how creative you have been doing outside. You could be like creating, you know, uh, all kinds of ish. <laughs> um, but we have been 
on a journey to create a utopia world and finding the drama and the intricacies and just what that is and, and, and try to create something cool and unique here through mental health. Yeah. So, Andy, what do we got? All right. Recap from last week. Um, sometimes my notes are not the greatest. Uh, video games in world. Uh, our planet, or say our planet, no Hunger Games, but other planets might have uh, Hunger Games type of games going on. Yeah, gladiators and all that stuff out there. Um, government speaker one year term. Everyone vote democratic. Every two have. I think it's every two years. Oh, every two years they have votes. Uh, murders and crime, judicial system, prisoners like Amsterdam, apartment cell, uh, rehab, magic hypnosis, uh, complete rehab system, psych, um, I have, uh, repeat offenders and prisoner go to, oh, psychopaths, sorry if that's an offensive term, I'm not sure if the best clinical term for that is, um, and then repeat offenders uh, go to a prison planet. Is psychopath still the right term? So psychopathy refers to like something really specific. I'm not well versed in the use of the word psychopathy or psychopath. So I know, but I knew what you guys were going for. Like yeah. I could picture what you guys were going for. The criminally insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yay. Fun times. All right. Let's get a timer going. Uh, Danny's going to be helping us out this week um, since Josh decided to miss out because Danny has some interesting interesting thoughts on the prison planet. All right. Hitting the timer now. All right. We're in it. Let's talk prison planet. So we were saying that, like, any criminals and all that ish, like, that we cannot, that are un- Rehabilitatable or uh, rehabilitated. You got me tongue twisted. (laughs) Oh, there goes our timer. Ten minutes of just saying this one word. Uh, They cannot be rehabbed. Yeah. (laughs) Rehabilitated. Aha. They cannot be rehabilitated. Um, Are sent off to prison planet. Now. Prison Planet to me kind of sounds like Arkham or something, because it's like, how do you fix that which is like broken beyond any normal means? Or how? What? What is the purpose of this? Of this? This like what? Because that'd become a dangerous place. That's a very dangerous place. Yeah, I don't know. Like. Get a lot of uh, people there that could come up with some crazy plans. You could break out. Um, I think that's why I think la- I was going for a Phantom Zone. A Phantom Zone. Like in Superman. But uh, that doesn't really help them. It just kind of becomes Reagan and kicks them out. It, it, yeah, so it, it, it basically sends them to... It doesn't yeah. help so for it, our uh, utopia, what we're going for, for that. Yeah, see, because as a utopia, Danny, you want to weigh in on this? Yeah, so I'm kind of stuck on one little aspect of it, though. Like, this may be, like, getting into the minutia of things. But I like minutia. How, how are we defining non-rehabilitatable? Like, well, what exactly makes someone... What exactly would qualify somebody for prison planet let's say or our arkham if you will yeah, it's like three strikes are out of the same crime um, well it's like okay so, so you know the if you have a space so you know ultimately what should happen with jail if you're a criminal you go to a space and it goes hey why are you a criminal how you know it, you go into the they they essentially get their therapy right and you get, you know, any uncovered mental illness first. So it's all completely like what 
whatever. If we need to go into hypnosis, we have hypnosis. We also have magical healing. So there should be all these different ways that we're able to check someone to be able to fit into society in some some whatever means that is without committing a crime. And that's like going around, say they're they're a serial murderer, um, a spree killer, or they just are they just have the compulsion to steal all the time and 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 nothing is working. Every treatment that we have is not working where we're like, okay, you cannot release this person into society. They they cannot function in society and they're barely functioning in rehab if you know, if that's the case. Like I that's what I would say. So would you say that these people who are non-rehabilitatable, is that genetic then? If we're not able to societally support them and get their needs met and therefore hopefully curb whatever their crime is, is it genetic? And then how do we deal with, like, how do we deal with that without going into... um What's like, that term? Uh, <laughs> Where are you? What is that? Uh, what is that term? Is it is is the word I'm looking for? I think the word I'm looking for is eugenics, but I don't want. Yeah, like, that's, that's the word. That's the word. Yeah. You said it, and I was like, "That's the word I was looking for." Eugenics. Yeah. So I think I think because for me in real life, mental illness is genetic, much like any other illness is. But it just there's there's certain triggers in a person's life that will go. Okay, now you're you're bipolar, you're schizophrenia, you're you're you know what have you is triggered by something traumatic traumatic enough, or something like a head head injury that triggers it and that sends it usually in most cases. Or from from my observations, that's how it happens. So I don't think we have to get into a eugenic sort of thing. I think it becomes, um, I think we as a society then have to look at mental health and go, okay, hey, in your genetic code, you're you're prone to bipolar. Um, it doesn't mean you're going to be bipolar. Um, you may go your entire life and not have a bipolar, you know, it could be in your genetics and, you know, you don't have an episode, you don't go up and down, your emotions aren't doing that. Um, or, you know, draw the card, you, you know, you got bipolar and, you know, it's, it's horrible. It's, you know, one of the worst things that you, you can have, like to the extreme, um, I mean, we could have a rehab planet. Maybe not call it that, but something else like that. Where well, we, for people like that are, because I'm talking like these are like Joker level people, where it's like they're not. They're going to try to escape. They're going to try to to what commit. You know the ultimate heinousness that they that they want to commit. Yeah, well, he won't go there. But I'm just saying for the uh, other patients that are that have something genetically into them, or something that triggers something that's not so much of a crime, but they are a danger to others, and they need help to cope or just just life skills to understand what they're doing, and maybe they're just safer being in just that planet where they have the routine that they do whatever it is. Well, there should be a rehab planet, an offshoot of prison planet. You'd have to have like, so it's like you'd have to be sort of the best of the mental health field to to operate at rehab planet. Well, we have like magicians and stuff. They can magician it out. You can't just magic everything. No, but you could magic illnesses probably. We should have some kind of way to detect. Like if we can't cure it. Danny, what's your weighing in on on magic? Uh, magic cures everything. 
I'm not saying cures it, oh. but detects. <laughs> I, like, I like the idea of there being some spell that you can just like point a wand at somebody and figure out like didn't they have something like that in Star Trek where they had like the scanners that would like scan their bodies and figure out what was mm -hmm. wrong with them? I think yeah. something like that would be really helpful in the planet. Um, yeah. Because then you could just scan someone's mind or soul or however you do that and figure out, well, okay, cool. Like you were saying earlier, you have this genetic predisposition. Now that we know that, we can get you into some early, like early interventions of coping skills. And if it progresses medication, maybe or yeah. potions or whatever. Um, yeah. If you want to go holistic, you go the magic route. If you want to go, you know, more, more science you have, you have, you can go the medicine route. I like that because it's not like you can, it, it, it's like a it's like someone who who is you know despite having the advances that I think we would have in a society it's it, you know it's like someone born with a disability you know like their body didn't form all the way and stuff like that you can only magic and science that so much um well I don't know do we can we regrow limbs like the idea of being able to regrow <laughs> regrow limbs and stuff. Um, I mean, you might have but, some Dr. Connor scientists out there trying okay. to do that. Ooh, so, I mean, or, that, 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 that then goes down to like prosthetics versus, versus, you know, cosmetic surgery, you know, and certain people can afford, you know, or not afford because that's not how our planet works, but... It just boils down. It always boils down to, I guess, science versus holistics or shit. That's our time. It looks like our time's up. Oh, no. All right. We'll end it with science versus holistic. Yeah. Are you a Jim Henson or not? Are you a Jim Henson or not? What does that mean? He chose holistics over going to the doctor to get cured. He could still be around. Did Henson? Yeah. He I chose thought that the was jobs. Him too. Oh, okay. They chose the path of uh, juices and greens. Well, that fucking sucks. And now the Muppets are not as good <laughs> without him. <laughs> he took my childhood away. Stupid holistics. Except our holistics would actually be... Um, damn, that's a question for another time. We'll have to have you back on. I'm, I'm curious as to, as to you know, um, your take on holistics. Um, yeah, because I I also have some other questions that came up while you were talking, and I was like, oh my god, please, 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 please. Yeah, sometimes like, you just have to cut them off and jump in. Oh yeah, <laughs> my, my brain will just go forever. It's it's an engine. You just got You just got to learn to interrupt it. Oh no worries. I was more. It was more of a please let me remember what I'm going to say because when I interrupt <laughs> someone, I want to be able to like actually speak instead of stumble over my words. I got it. I, I got you. <laughs> All right, Danny, it's been great. Um, where can people um, or where would you like people to find you at if you want them to find you at all? Oh, sure. Come and find me on Instagram and threads. Um, I'm Danny, D-A-N-I dot Aldergreen. And um, that's me. Um also, if you're listening to this and you're a therapist who like who wants to connect on LinkedIn, that'd be kind of fun. Ooh, um, yeah. I don't have enough therapists on LinkedIn, and I'm really looking to actually build my platform there. I know that sounds so boomer and so nerdy. That's <laughs> um, <laughs> no, okay. I have to build up my my LinkedIn too. It's uh, I totally get it. Yeah. So if people wanted to find me there, um, they can find me there. That's been great. Andy, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at randrewsandoval. Uh, maybe on Twitter. I haven't decided if I wanted to stop the Twitter bandwagon and just go strictly to threads, which would be the same as my Instagram, which is r.andrewsandoval. I do have one. I think I put up a couple things on it, and 
I let it go after the first day. <laughs> I wasn't the one millionth person that ha- or had one million followers, so I gave up that journey and that whole adventure of trying to beat Mr. Beast, but he beat me to it. Yeah. Um, just slightly, though. So. Can't beat the beast. <laughs> uh, but yeah, those are the places you can find me, or at a Starbucks sometimes. Um, yeah, well, you can't find me on Twitter anymore. I deactivated it. I I was just like, eh, I don't really care. But dude, X will give it to you. <sighs> no, X ain't gonna give it to me. Um, yeah, so I'm over on Threads and Instagram at Theo underscore Ripper. Um, you can also find me Sundays on Twitch.tv um, at 11:30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, streaming art, getting high, listening to music, having a great fucking time. Probably um, do some sculptures. You should definitely do sculptures. I should. I'll get into it. Um, I'm gonna figure out what I want, what what I want to build next, and we'll we'll do some sculptures there. But that's Sundays, 11:30 a.m. Pacific Standard Times. Theo Ripper. Um, yeah. So come find me on Twitch. Let's hang out. Peace out, Folios. Dan, you want to have any uh, last words before I say mine? Just. Be well and have the best day ever. <laughs> I guess I should have went and said, you took my line. Um, <laughs> have a great Sorry. week then. Also be well too. Be weller. Be weller. <laughs> <laughs> but have a great week. We'll see you guys next week. Don't let them tell you you need to change. Just because you're feeling a little strange. <laughs>